But the other really important thing is that you have other people who are also doing that. If you, you can do it by yourself and there's lots of great examples for it, but it's so much easier if you have other people to, to talk about this. Welcome to Creator Secrets. I'm Tom and in this podcast, we will take a look at creativity. By and for creators, we will dive into the secrets of creating your best work and a journey that will take us there. One episode and one talk at a time. And I'm never looking back again. In this episode, I am talking with Valentin, a YouTuber with a heart for creativity and Dungeons and Dragons. How cool is that? As creative jacks of all trades, we clearly understand each other. And as it turns out, we're both living in Europe, which begs the question, where are all the European creators? We hear so much from big name creators in the US and Canada, but how about the ones on our home turf? That's what we're gonna be talking about together with some creative tips for starting your own channel here in Europe and what language to go with. Enjoy. We're both, I think, a little bit into creativity. Um, yes. So I'm really curious to hear how you got into this niche, um, because as niche as it can be, it can be as broad as well. And I think you're one of the people that understands that more than anybody. Um, yeah, so how did you get into this and how did you start your channel around all of that? Okay, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I got into creativity or filmmaking or whatever you want to call it, like I grew up with it, right? My dad was a cameraman. My, my mom was a stage designer. So it was like baked into my DNA, if you want. Yeah. And I have a very long journey with different turns in different directions within the realm of filmmaking or really call it visual creativity, right? There, there's so much in there. There's not enough time to go into all the details. But during the pandemic years like 2020 2022 i just had a bunch of time and i was like let's instead of just sitting around let's make some videos just make some videos for myself and put them on the internet and it's something i wanted to do for a really long time and with this you know the state of the home office i just had the freedom to do it so that's kind of how creative ties that youtube channel started in its current form you have another channel as well i've seen yes Can you explain us a little bit about that <laughs> i i'm a man of many interests and always have new ideas and one of the channels i i currently run that is doing pretty okay is called cardboard cleric and it's all about dungeons and dragons and making stuff for it and it's a very different style. I don't show my face on it. I It has a very different audience. It has a very different niche. And I really enjoy this like back and forth between different channels. And um, yeah, there's currently two more ideas for other channels in my head right now that I might explore pretty soon. I think if you're like me, a little bit like me, I think the problem is we have too many ideas and just somewhere there's just not enough time to execute yes. all of those ideas. Absolutely. Um, What's really fascinating is that I do spend a lot of time in online communities for creators and 
there's a lot of people starting out who like uh, how do you get ideas like what do i make videos about and i never understand this question i'm like what do you, what do you mean the same so every time yeah. like every month or so i sit down to just write out some idea formats mm -hmm. or stuff like that in my notion or in a notebook whatever those come really easily but it's just yeah. getting the time to make the videos that's a little bit of the, the tricky part yes absolutely being a creativity channel like i said it's very broad like you can make videos about a lot of topics um but the audience that would be interested in those videos is most of the times not searching for creativity content. And what I mean with that is most of the time people are searching for how do I make better videos? How do I edit better? How do I do this and this and that? People are not searching for creativity as a, as a whole, right? It's a very broad spectrum and it's something I am still learning the hard way every day. Um, the... For me, the, the Cardboard Cleric channel has a very defined audience. It's like super easy to know what video to make and who you're making it for and what value you're providing, right? It's always about mm -hmm. what are you giving to people? And when you start to talk more about creativity in general or for me, it's more like the creator economy at this, at this point in time, it's such a fuzzy term that it's really hard to capture or to, to make the people who watch it understand what is this channel about. Because yeah. one day, it's a, for me, it's like about how I use index cards. And then it is about how this YouTuber got a 10,000 subscribers in a day. And then it's something completely different again. And it's like, to me, it all makes sense because it's the stuff I think about every day. But from the outside, it's not really like... A cohesive line that goes through it yeah and that's that's actually what i meant with having that second channel for me there i have the cohesive line and there yes. it's baked off like you said you have you know what your audience is going to be um you know what videos they are going to like so it's a lot easier and and for example now i posted um one of the videos on tom's plan b which mm -hmm. is uh about plastic pollution in albania and now yep. that video is being picked up by the YouTube algorithm just a few days ago. And I can see it's being pushed to the right people. And it's actually getting that push, which I haven't seen on my channel for oh, so long. So it feels so good. Um, <laughs> it's just also it gives me a little bit of reassurance. OK, I know what I've been doing is right. It's just on the other channel, it's just a lot more difficult because it's not as niche niche yeah. as yeah. I thought it would have been when I started with creativity. Yeah, you're so right. It's yeah. I've been trying to go against the grain. That's just something I like to do with like everybody tells you niche down, niche down. And it's like, but but nah, just like my personality, my interests. But the reality is it becomes much harder to be discovered to show people what you're about. So sometimes you really want to go as as simple as possible. Like what's your goal with Creative Ties and, and how do you see that if developing into the future um is there yeah. something specifically you're working towards with everything i do it's really making creative work with purpose i've worked in the creative industries in very different shapes and forms 
and always solved problems for other people that weren't that much worth solving if that makes any sense like yeah it's super cool if you make like an ad campaign that like you have budget and can do whatever you want within reason but in the end of the day what what are you doing you like selling more gadgets or or whatever right you make a movie and people are entertained for an hour or two and that's super cool but have you made the world any better right and with youtube and with having this platform it really does give me the opportunity to to share what i've learned and hopefully inspire some other people to think outside the box and to as well go against the grain or or find a little bit more freedom in their own work right a big thing for me is just wanting to do what I do when I do and and not giving up control because so many creative projects, so many people go into the creative industries because they think, oh, I can be creative and I can do whatever I want. But then the clients, your boss, the budget, whatever gives you these restraints and and takes away control from you. And I just don't have that with the with internet content right i'm responsible it's, for myself and i can do whatever i want do you work more than you used to do with a freelance job um yes and no there are certain times where i very deliberately go slow and mm -hmm. take my time and i'm pretty good at doing nothing but then there are times where you just work from whatever it is eight in the morning till 10 at night and you want to finish this video and you want to make sure it's perfect and it is as good as possible and one thing that i've stopped doing with youtube with with this year uh is stop time tracking that is something i used to do just because i kind of had to for work to keep track of my mm -hmm. hours and was like oh i don't have to do this anymore but like I'm really at the stage where I'm like, I, I kind of should just just to be aware. Like, how long do things does, how long do things actually take? How much time do I actually spend editing? And and like one thing I really want to do is hire a writer because it's something I really don't enjoy. So mm -hmm. how much time does a writer need to do something? You know, all these these kind of things. Probably so, it's going to take less time than you yes. have to do it when yes. you don't like, when you really dislike something. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but like just having a rough idea. Yeah, for me, the, the biggest thing has been narrowing my time into a schedule. That's something yeah. that I've learned I had to do because as it is with social media, like the job never stops. Like yeah. you can stay working, stay coming up with ideas. That's the most difficult part because they come whenever they come and, and you don't have control over that. Mm -hmm. um, it's also like making sure that I don't go into the weekends anymore, for example. Yes. Like, oh shit, I need to upload a video on Monday. Um, mm, I'm not going to have enough time. I'm going to just go into the weekend. And then if you keep doing that more and more, um, if you're single, that's fine. <laughs> but if you're in a relationship, I mean, th those are also things you have to, to think about. Um, 
to give the home front also some attention and also for yourself that you don't become just your work. I think yes. that um, that's one of the things learned from um, Matt Diavella's videos. Matt Diavella's videos. Okay, 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 okay. Let me quickly interrupt here before we get into the real bulk of the episode. If you like these stories and conversations, it would mean the world to me if you could hop over to your favorite podcast player and give this podcast a five-star rating or, well, whatever you, <laughs> you deem it worthy. Hopefully that's five stars though. The higher we rank, the more interesting conversations we'll have and the more creators we can help on their journey. Okay, that's it. Back to the episode. Don't forget. Which actually brings us to, to one of the next questions, community. Mm -hmm. um, you're from Europe. Yes, very that's much so. Not something that we hear a lot here. <laughs> it's just hard to, to know even. As always with with any entertainment media thing like the US is just so good at it it they've invented this right so it's it's really easy to think that all big creators are American but then if you dig down a little bit you realize that like the biggest single creator is from Sweden PewDiePie yeah. right mm -hmm. I mean Yes, he lived in the UK and now he's in Japan and he calls himself retired, whatever that means. It's like, I think it's split into two groups when you talk about European creators. There are the ones that are speaking English and are kind of making content for the American market for a lot of good reasons. And then there is a whole other group of people who are talking in their own language to their own community. Mm -hmm. And those two worlds just don't really connect because I have no well. idea who is making content in Belgium, in, in, in Dutch, I suppose. Right. No idea. How, how could I? Thing is, I don't even know people who are making content in Dutch um, since, like you said, I'm so tuned into the, the English YouTube game. Mm -hmm. um, it's very funny because one of the last episodes we did was with Ineas Alea. I don't know if you yeah. know him. Yeah, listen um, to the episode. Right. I thought he was from, I don't know, somewhere in America or at least not from in Europe. And one of the times he's sitting next to me, like just in front of me at a YouTube pop-up event. And mm -hmm. like, you know, you also know, like, is that the guy or is that just yeah. someone who looks like him? And then turns out he lives like almost in the same city as me. So that's, awesome. that's the thing that I've seen so many times with those YouTube events, like the pop-up events where you get to meet all these different creators. Um, you meet the mix between people who talk English, people who talk their native languages, and especially in Belgium. I don't know how this is in Austria, but uh, in Belgium, we have three languages. We have the Dutch oh. uh, side, we have the French side, and a little, little, little bit of, of a German side. Mm -hmm. So right. it's just really difficult also to cross-pollinate between different channels of these different languages. I mean, English is definitely just the language of the internet, right, by default. And what's funny for me to observe is I used to live in the States for quite a while. And when I moved back here, I just noticed a lot of people talk German, but like throwing these like random English words. And not just like in a marketing kind of like buzzwords, but like normal people say mm -hmm. like just random English words. And it's like, I guess this is how language evolves. You know, I, 
it's it's really fascinating to notice. I think it's really difficult now, especially with TikTok coming on. Um, mm. As a European person with a specific, or any person in the world with a specific language, to just see that language in content popping up. I think yeah. if I just look at my TikTok, like there's even people coming from Belgium, there's not that much Dutch anymore. Because like you said, it's it's people want to reach as much people as possible. The easiest way to do that is by going English. Mm-hmm. You just so, made me realize something really interesting because <laughs> when I first opened up TikTok or tried to experiment with it, the algorithm is very location-based, right? So it shows you mm -hmm. what other people in your area like. So naturally, it was Austrian content, Viennese content. But I did my best to swipe that away because it's yeah. not what I am used to seeing or what I mm -hmm. what I like to, what, what I came here for. So even though this exists, obviously, on TikTok specifically, I'm just like, nah, don't show me this. Talking about European creators, um, is there a community at all uh, or is it more like spread per different country that there's like small communities in each country? Um, like you said, in the US or Canada, um, yeah. even in Latin America, like they have, since there's so much of the continent talking the same language, yeah. it's so easy to have a community that goes beyond counties or borders. Here, yeah. I feel like it's so difficult because almost every, if you go to the next country, you have a different language. Straight up, I don't think there is one place that is a European creator community. And I really hope I can change that or at least do something to change it, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, there's so many layers to this, right? Um, you have the, the old school mentality of like, oh, you walk across the border and suddenly everybody's an idiot, right? Oh, the Germans, they do everything wrong. And they say, oh, the Austrians are doing everything wrong. I think in younger people, that mentality doesn't is not as strong. But there's always a little bit of, of regionalism or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you have your tribe and you have your territory. And that's that's human nature. I am like patchworking together a bunch of things to kind of have this exchange with people because whenever people ask me like what does it take to be a youtuber or, or how are you actually successful i've identified two things that really make a difference one is you just have to be willing to learn all the time and implement what you've learned right youtube social media is always changing and if you're stuck in your ways, you're just going to fall by the wayside. But the other really important thing is that you have other people who are also doing that. If you you can do it by yourself, and there's lots of great examples for it, but it's so much easier if you have other people to to talk about this. Uh, I've, I've noticed this so many times over and over. Like, yes, you can talk with, with your mom, with your coworkers about your video or, or your, your problem, but the there's so much they don't understand about this that the only feedback they can actually give you that is useful is like, I like this video or I didn't like this video, but that, that already has to be the finished piece 
They can't give mm-hmm. you feedback on the process, on the thumbnails and titles, which is just brutally important, on the structure, on the, how do you find your audience. Like there's so many key details about this that you can only get into the weeds with other people who have experienced this. And at this point, it doesn't even matter if you have one video and one subscriber or a billion. It's just this, I've made a video start to finish and I put this out and I get some feedback from it. That alone teaches you so much. And and yeah, having this opportunity to talk to other creators is just really, really crucial. What I notice is when you push a video into the world, you get the feedback from the audience. Like, is this video still compatible with the audience? Do they like mm-hmm. it? Are there things you can change? But the most valuable feedback is that from the community, from your own community of creators, because yeah. they can help you in understanding like, hey, even before it goes to the audience, um, you're going to lose engagement here. Or yeah. um, your thumbnail, it's not attractive as much for that specific audience. Maybe you should try to add these and these things. Yeah. So you yeah. can prep your content, your piece of content way better yeah. before it actually reaches your audience. And yeah. so it helps you <laughs> losing not too much time. Whereas maybe it took you one year to build that up. If you can just workshop those things together, um, mm-hmm. you can push them a lot farther. And actually with Tom's plan B, the video that I posted there, um, we have a small, a few small groups of YouTubers, um, one from Belgium and then one, just some random people that started following me. I started following them from Canada, from, from other places somewhere in the US. And we just text back and forth. Nice. It would be more fun for me if there were more European creators that I knew where they were. Yeah. Um, so you can talk more easily, but also, hey, I'm going to France this weekend. Um, want to meet up? I'm going to Austria this weekend or plan someplace so you can get together uh, and have, for example, what the, the Americans have, like go to LA and you can just go do whatever because almost all YouTubers seems to be in, in LA. Yeah, you have, I think, three really big hotspots in North America, LA, New York and Toronto. Yeah. There's a really surprising amount of people making st- good stuff up there. Um, it's definitely something I'm trying to change um, in particular with just bringing people together. Um, and that's something that's coming up really soon. I don't know if this is going to have happened or will happen. But this year I've already hosted two creator events, just online meetups, get together with a little bit of a structure mostly from Matt's community, but it's it's growing. And on September 9th, I'm hosting another creator event. And it's really just an excuse to get people together and to have this exchange and make people aware that, oh, there are other people like me. And what's really fun to see is that relationships form out of that. You know, mm-hmm. all I've done is like, hey, Here's an online chat room. Come hang out with me. And then months later, I hear that two of them set up an accountability group that is actually working for them because so many people are trying to do that and it just fizzles out after two days. What what happens at those events? For example, like the new one that's coming up. 
Yeah, so the next one that's coming up is under the theme back to school because having themes is just like really good in, in making people feel something. And so this theme is more about learning and and learning from each other more so. Uh, but we'll definitely have one presentation about this accountability group, like how that actually went, what did they do? Um, and then it's more about meeting each other and yeah. figuring out what can we learn from each other. That is really the goal because we are all in this bubble. Like that that's what you hear so often with creators. Like I love being a YouTuber, but it's so lonely. And mm-hmm. it's something I, when I got into this, it was really with a community in place with slow growth. And I'm so, so thankful for having this because otherwise I don't think I would dare to go into it full time or have the confidence to do this full time. But yeah, having a bunch of people who you look up to, but who are also on the same level as you or don't feel too far away is just so encouraging. One thing that that I have learned, right, um, and maybe that comes back at the end of this podcast is it's really not about how many people are watching. It's much more about who is watching. And I think you kind of learned that lesson really the hard way with your channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we talked about this a lot more on other podcasts, so I'm not going to go too in-depth yeah. with everything. Um, but I do have to say now I'm finally getting some feedback with the new channels. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing that having a new channel works out a lot more. Uh, I can feel like the feedback Mm-hmm. that the people who are there and that's also something that I deliberately try to do is not push the new channels to everybody like yeah. just keep on pushing them on social media for example if you mm-hmm. would push a new video hey my friends go watch this hey my people yeah. my my family go watch this no I try to not do that and be okay with having a low number mm-hmm. on the screen yeah because now I know everyone who is going to watch that video is going to be somebody who is interested in this, who is aligned with the audience. Um, and I'm just letting YouTube do its work. Yeah. And I'm hoping <laughs> that I fill in the check marks for what the algorithm likes me to do for the audience. I just wanted to uh, confirm what you said about sharing stuff on social media and pushing it to everybody because it's also something I think that everybody does at the beginning. and. I have done as well, but I've done a couple of videos now that I've haven't posted anywhere and they're still doing well and, and people are still seeing it without me doing anything. And a lot of, and that's something I got from the community. A lot of other channels grow naturally just with the power of YouTube distribution or, or let it be TikTok if you're active over there, mm-hmm. right? I think once you have your focus in place, like you know what your channel is going to be about and you can yeah. place, even if it's not for your audience, but you can place this video makes sense in the bigger scheme, you're going to create a backlog. And even though you have to wait for the YouTube algorithm, there's going to be one video that will pop off. You never yes. know which one is going to be. That video will pop off and then those people who are interested 
are going to find what they're looking for in your backlog. And that's when the ball starts rolling. Yeah. It's just having the idea and just having the patience for that to happen. That's the trickiest part. If, if you <laughs> want, I have a very recent and detailed uh, example for that. Yes, tell us. Okay, so on the Cardboard Cleric channel, one of the very first videos I made was just for myself where I designed my own character sheet because I wanted it, right? And that is something that people have always cared about. And last year it picked up a little bit of steam and gave me a bunch of subscribers, but nothing to like change my world or anything. Earlier this year in February, I made 28 videos in 28 days. And that experiment in itself was really valuable, but it also didn't change the channel dramatically. Now, Can I just really quickly go yeah. in between, was that on that channel or was it on Creative Ties? No, no, that, that's all, that is all on the Cardboard Cleric channel. Okay, so 28 yes. videos, 28 days on the Cardboard yes. channel. Yes, yeah. yes. And so now in August, the the company that is D&D announced a bunch of new stuff. So interest in the game is much, much higher than the previous months. More people see that character sheet video and now have other stuff to click on from my channel. And that has really changed the channel from, to put in actual numbers, in like not even two weeks, I went from 700 something subscribers to uh, 2,600, I think is the current number. And that that one video in question went from under 50,000, I don't know the exact number, to over 200,000 views, right? And it's just like, I can see a real difference. And that is only because I have one video that ties in with a bunch of other videos. And so people get a much better feeling for what this channel is and if they want to see more of that. Feels good, right? It feels <laughs> amazing. I wrote a little post about this as well. The first three days were just like, oh my God, this is happening. This is awesome. This is crazy. This is, uh, uh, how are we going to deal with this? It's going to keep going. And then for me, it was a real relief when things started to slow down again. Because I think humans are not built for uh, exponential growth. Like when you when you wake up one day and like the number is three times as big as the day before, you're like, I cannot comprehend. What? I think particular MKBHD talks about that, that a viral video early on can really break a creator because they just don't know how to handle it. So, um, I, you know, you're handling it. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah it's 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 in a in a position now where it feels really good it feels really comfortable and i know even better who my audience is and how are you dealing like now with new pieces of content following up on that oh boy how do you what are you thinking what oh are you boy. feeling what are you planning or not planning i am definitely thinking about videos that i wouldn't have considered before that are mm -hmm. more of the same right a big thing that I haven't answered for myself yet is the schedule because this channel has always been super random. Like I've never even attempted to have a schedule on this channel. Uh, I mean, I have this rough idea of like at least one video a month. That That is fine. But like, you know, there is this part in me that's like, 
dude make a video every week now and you know you're golden but also i have done a video week and it becomes really tedious and i don't i don't wanna feel that i have to make a video right i want to have a video done when it's done and there's good reasons to do it that way um so that's that's still a question i'm battling with myself you read a lot of books non-fiction books <laughs> exclusively ah, i remember the war of art yes of course that's oh a, my a book that has been that has been referenced so much so in the times. creator community um there's this part where it says where you turn pro mm -hmm. i don't know if you remember that part i think yes. And that's something I've been struggling with myself is I love doing this. I love making videos about specific topics, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm somewhere I'm a little bit afraid that if I start doing those topics too much, that I'm going to lose my passion for it. And yes, I'm not sure if I'm ready to go pro in specific parts with those videos. I, totally I don't know if you have struggling if you're struggling with that for that particular channel because like you said like this could be for example now with those videos going well this could be a really really good opportunity to grow that channel exponentially i but then you have to know oh, that you're going to be making that video and those videos for at least the next few months yes. and you have to double down and focus on that so that's what me going pro with that channel would look like. Yeah. Um, Tom, we could have a whole like another hour <laughs> conversation just about this one topic. I have actually turned down a collaboration about this topic because it's just too complex. The only thing that I will say, I have these like little index cards that I go through uh, on a daily basis, more or less, that kind of just remind me of a couple of things. And mm -hmm. The one key statement of the war of art is is overcome resistance, right? Yeah. And that is something that everybody that's the other one. preaches. That's just a very common thing if you want to be successful in anything. But the flip side of this for me is force nothing. And I understand that they contradict each other and it's a really fine line. I I know from myself, I can make myself uh, write or edit or record or whatever. But and there are moments where this works. And then there are moments where I only feel bad about it and re-record it afterwards anyways. The, the, the last video I put up on the Cardboard Cleric channel, I recorded three times. Because the first time I was like, I have the time, I have to do this right now, otherwise I'm not going to do it. And it wasn't good. Mm -hmm. And I did it the second time, it was better. But then I realized I'm making the, the, the angle was wrong, if you will. So I yeah. kind of changed the hook and the intro and everything. So it's a really fine balance between those, those things. And I have it's hope... Funny how one more thing. I do have hope that, that this channel is one of the examples that you don't have to have a regular schedule and can upload on a more inconsistent basis. There are a few really good examples that do that, that can pull that off. And 
uh, that's what I'm aiming for for this with this channel. A little side note that I don't know we can talk about is this whole like doing what the big creators are doing, doing what the American creators are doing, right? There's so much rhetoric about the Mr. Beastification of YouTube and and just retention, 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 and just like go, 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 go. It, it worked for him. He definitely has put a lot of thought into it and why it works. Um, I have tried some aspects of it that did not work for me. I have tried to make really retention strategy heavy videos and while it did improve the retention yes i find it really stressful to make and watch and on the other hand you have videos of people camping in the rain with no voiceover no music for half an hour and people are watching it all the way through you have people cleaning old toys no no nothing it's just like oddly satisfying content and i i'm pretty confident that they have a really decent retention it's been one of the conversations in our own local youtube yeah uh, group that we've yeah. been having since they've been gaining so much more popularity over the past year two mm-hmm. three years like the the slow videos we call yeah. them I think that's a little bit of a counter movement against the overhyped videos that we see from Mr. Beast and all yep. the, the likes of, of those creators. Yeah. Because it just takes so much effort to watch those videos. Like my brain cannot handle two or three more after each other. Yeah. And those videos, sometimes you need something where you don't have to think and you don't have to constantly feel something. Yeah. You just have to sit there and be able to just chill. Um, I think yeah. Sander Buntik, I'm going to, yeah, that name is not going to come out great, but <laughs> he does um, outdoor videos. Mm-hmm. Like um, he just goes into the wild for two days, three days, and just lives off the land. Um, stuff like that. Videos are 43 minutes long. Yeah. And it's just so amazing to watch those because you get zen. It's like yeah. you, you can... Yeah release your stress by just watching those videos and if i watch the other ones i get stress (laughs) (laughs) two two things i want to mention there first of all one feature i wish youtube would create and that is a videos beats per minute thing like if i could like search by how fast is this video man i that would be game changing uh the other thing is i did have a conversation with a writer who specifically writes for a kid's youtube channel and they are pushed so hard to like introduce new storyline new twists every i forget the exact number like but like 10 seconds or something like that like something stupid and Mm -hmm. and with the argument that like kids need that otherwise they lose attention but I think you can also ask, like, are we just conditioning them to want that, right? Like, you can feed a kid candy all day long. He's going to eat it. That doesn't mean that that is what they actually want or should be consuming. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, it's uh, it's a choice that every creator should make deliberately. What is the kind of content you want to put out? What do you want to achieve with that? Yeah, do you want to be the next Mr. Beast? Then I would suggest don't try to copy him, but make your own thing. I've had a few few people ask me like editing wise mm-hmm. how that goes for like those kind of videos, and there's something that I learned and I don't remember where. But so I'm just gonna pass this off of my own now. Um, insert quote unknown. Sure. Something that I learned uh, pretty pretty early on is like how long should the cut be of like a specific yeah. clip or a specific scene. Mm-hmm. And what they said like it needs to be as long as it doesn't feel uncomfortable. And this is not something that you learn in in a hmm. day or like with making your first cuts. But there's just if you watch a clip and you really, really watch the clip and you know what's going on in, in the scene. Uh, is there somebody passing by? Is there somebody talking to the camera? You should allow it to go as long as it needs for to pass on within the story. That can be that it can be like as small as a few frames, but it can be that it can also last as long as one minute, maybe two minutes. Uh, two minutes is also already getting into a stretch. And for example, um, the Albania video that I did with uh, um, the plastic pollution, mm-hmm. there's a place where I walk towards the beach and I just realized like how dirty the beach is, like plastic all over the place, mm-hmm. like something you see in the movies or like you see in documentaries. And now I'm seeing this in real life. So what I did, I cut away the music and I just let the scene unfold and just recapture my reaction to everything and i if i wanted to cut it for engagement i would have cut it like four seconds it was like okay let's just let's just play this out and see i think it's like 10 seconds or 12 seconds or 14 seconds something like pretty long for youtube standards and now if i go back into my engagement graph Mm -hmm. i can see that there's actually a spike going upwards because people are like, holy shit, that's a lot of plastic going there. So even though it's counterintuitive while you're editing, sometimes you have to allow a clip to be as long as it needs to be. Yes. Maybe one thing for the audience, if there is somebody here who is thinking of starting a YouTube channel or they are in the beginning and they're not really sure if they should be doing it in their own language or they should go towards the English Mm-hmm. Um, wayside. What's your take on that? And and why should you encourage people to go that route? Again, it's not a question. It's not a question with one answer. Um, I think start with the language that you're most comfortable with. That is probably the best thing. Like if it's going to take you five times as long to make a video in English, you gotta you gotta figure out if that is the right way for you the most important question you should answer for yourself when deciding this is who are you making the videos for right are you making them for your friends and family make it in whatever language they speak are you trying to reach the largest possible internet audience english possibly chinese you know it's there's a lot of people there's a lot of people speaking spanish so i i don't know if this helps anybody 
because it's not like do this right i cannot i cannot make that decision for you but really think about who are those videos for and what do you want to give those people that's the best i can do and if they decide to go with english do you have some some tips some oh, tricks yeah. yeah if you want to start content in english i think the biggest thing to keep in mind is to not or forget about your accent that is such a common question like oh but will people make fun of my accent the reality is people love it in most cases like it's so oh your english sounds so charming like in all my experiences it's it's just positive feedback when it comes to accent so just just forget this exists um and the other thing there is for me i know it from from a bunch of german creators who just like have german expressions in that video and it makes it more relatable right it 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 makes you more you if that is how you talk if you say like i don't, I don't know it, it feels like i can't come up with like a, a forced example of it right but like uh watch naomi john if if you're interested like it's really weird content but she does a really good job at like just like not caring about the language just like english german put it all in a bucket and and make it fun for people to watch something that i've seen a, a clip from levi allen i don't know him it's yeah more outdoor filmmaking sort of, yeah. stuff like yeah. that also makes some tips and tricks for filmmaking uh which was about ditching scripts however i think for people who are non-native in the language mm -hmm. and they want to start making videos i think it can be really really helpful to start making scripts about your videos um there are two sides on that you can, you can make outlines or you can make yeah. scripts but at least if you've written down somewhat of a script you know what you're going to say and yeah. you're going to remember those lines a little bit more easily uh, so you don't have to start searching for words which was my biggest issue in the beginning yeah. i would go off script and then i was like in the middle of a sentence i was like feeling oh i'm doing this so well and then mm -hmm. you lose one word and your sentence is broken yeah okay um then it rests one thing and you already mentioned something about it what's your creator secret what should the people know that you've learned over the years that you're like yeah i think i stumbled onto something here yeah i feel like i already spilled so many secrets that i've learned along the way the, the one thing you have to figure out early is who are you making videos for that is that is that is really really important but more importantly find a really good reason why you're doing that perfect so is there anything that you want the audience to know or where they can find you yeah if you want to know anything about me what i what i do it's probably the best to start with creative ties the youtube channel it should be easy to find um i am constantly changing everything that i do so this is probably the the one place where you will know about it first and to make that a little bit easier, I'm going to leave all of Valentin's info in the show notes, as well as where you can join his creator event. Now, if you're listening this in the future, don't worry. I'm sure there will be many more opportunities to meet with other creators. So definitely go check out Valentin's space on the internet. And if you do know some creators in Europe, send them this episode so we can connect. Okay, that's it for me. Um, guys, have a wonderful 
creative day. I'm going to hear you guys next time. Ciao.